If you're tired of bad news, if you need some positivity, if you want to support small businesses, then welcome to Happy Grateful Blessed with Kaysville's own mayor, Tammy Tran. Here, you'll get to see the best of humanity from within Utah's hidden gem, Kaysville City. Every month, you'll discover small businesses, hear unique and incredible stories, and understand the difference you make in this wonderful city. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to this podcast so that you'll never miss a chance to find a new business to support and learn what makes a city like this one work as well as it does. So join us as we explore Happy Grateful Blessed with Tammy Tran. Commissioner Elliott, thanks for being here. Glad to be here, Tammy. Appreciate it. I'm here with Randy Elliott, Davis County Commissioner. I first met you when I was running for, I think, City Council. I think city Council, yep. And back. I made an appointment, and you were so gracious. You let me sit on your couch in your awesome office. Thanks for coming. It was nice to meet, get to know you, and it's it was, always good to know who's running and and what their positions are on different issues and kind of get a feel for who we'll be working with because you came in with a bright smile and everything else and said, yeah, she's probably going to win. Did you think that? Yes. <laughs> really, you did? Yep. Because of my intelligent deep questions that I was asking. Or... No, you just, a lot of in politics is, you know, yes, the intellect, but also how do you come across to people? And you were genuine. Well, thank you. Yep. Thanks for that. I appreciated your time. It was, it's kind of intimidating to make an appointment with the county commission for a couple of reasons. First of all, I really didn't know what county commissioners did. I just realized that you had the oversight for the county and I'm in Davis County. And so, and also I just wanted to, to introduce myself. Is that normal? Yeah, that's, that's, yeah, it's normal. I mean, we're, okay. we're, you'll find out that most county commissioners are very down to earth, yeah. you know, level-headed people that just want to, you know, help the community and the, see what needs are in the community and help them whatever things they can do to help, you know, let people know what county government does and how to help them and kind of set differentiate between county and city, but also just kind of come see us, you know, we're, our doors are always open. Let us hear what type of problems you might be facing within your cities and see if we can have a way to help you through the coordination through the county. Well, and that's what's really been interesting for me to understand, because before I decided to get a little bit more involved in the city, I didn't really understand the role of county commissioners. And so through getting to know you over the last couple of years, I've come to understand more. But I think a lot of people don't understand that role. So would you mind just sort of explaining it? Yeah. So in Davis County and a lot of counties throughout the United States, there are a three-member commission. And that's what we're here. We're the legislative and executive of the county. Um, so things that are, we oversee is the county budget, which is about, for Davis County, about $200 million. Underneath us, we have the sheriff's office, who's also duly elected, but we also have the jail. And some people don't understand what the, the difference between a jail and a prison. The jail is if you're in our system for two years or less, and also if you're awaiting trial. And so if you're awaiting trial, you could be a murderer, sex offender, everything else, and you're waiting that trial, you'll stay at a county jail. Sometimes we do have holdovers from the U.S. Marshals. And also from the state, if they feel like they could be better served, you know, being here. But normally your stay in a jail is two years. And if you're convicted for longer, they'll send you to prison. And that's where the prison comes into play. And in our sheriff's office, you know, we have the correction officers to are on the street. We just had that transition, as you know, from our paramedic program. Our, our deputies used to be dual trained. They were law enforcement officers and paramedics. As we'd say, we'd shoot you, then we turn around and save you. <laughs> and so that has transitioned to the locals on that. And then we take care of animal care services. Public Works is in charge for every flood channel, all the flood channels in Davis County. So every stream that comes through Davis County from the mountain to the lake, that is also Davis County's role to make sure those are clean, 
and all the reservoirs and little dams that are on there just in case there's our 100 year events which my public works guy is saying this about every oh about every two years we have these events now these microbursts and everything else like that and so they're kind of tax our system also underneath us we have the health department with senior services WIC, and the programs that they administer, immunizations, um, water quality, also emissions testing, and all that falls underneath Davis County. But we subcontract that out to a lot of locals. And then also we have CED, which is Community and Economic Development. And under them, we have our planning. Also, they work with CDBG, housing authority, urban use, you know, for communities. So a lot of different issues there. And from there, we have our other electeds. We have the surveyor that's elected. Yeah, the clerk auditor that's elected, but now it's in two positions. We split that out because elections are getting a little bit more. We well, there's a lot more things going to elections nowadays, and so you have the clerk who takes care of elections and meeting minutes and all that for the county. Then you have the auditor who takes care of all the finances, and he's elected. Clerk's elected. Um, recorder who's elected and records all your deeds, and then within the county, and then your treasurer who's also elected. And so quite a lot of little things that are elected, and of course the county attorney that is elected to, that takes care of the prosecuting. And, and then we also have, not elected, but we also have de um, indigent defense attorneys. And a wonderful thing that the state legislature does is, you know, we as counties complain about, actually we as a state complain about how the federal government puts mandates on us. The state does the same thing to counties. And so three years ago, we had to stand up what's called the um, um, pretrial services. And that was where the, the state said, well, you need to pro provide attorneys or caseworkers for everybody that's going to trial. And we're not going to help you fund that. And so have fun with that. So that was a million dollar ongoing expense because we have to have a, a director and we have about six others that work under that director that help with pretrial services that you know, help with indigent and everything else like that for their trials and of that nature. So there's lots of different things that the county's roles does, plus libraries, I forgot libraries. Um, but there's a lot of things that the county, I probably missed a couple others, but as that's my way of thinking of what well, we've, a lot of things what the county does, a lot of behind the scenes and as county commissioners, we serve on a lot of boards too, which as mayor, you've been serving on a few of those boards with us, but from waste management, mosquito abatement, water, trash, I mean, all the plethora of things Everything behind between. the scenes that we serve on. I, I didn't realize, and even as you're telling me about all of the things that the county does, I still, I forget. They're, it's such a big job. Are you, do you have direct supervision for the departments? Yes. You and do? so a lot okay. of the departments will direct supervise the commissioners. We're basically... To make it easy, we're, we're county managers. We're like, a, you, know, you have your city manager that manages the counties. Mm -hmm. We're more of the county manager that manages the county. That makes we sense. get elected to be kind of your county manager. That's a big job. It is. Full-time. It is full-time. More than yep. full-time. More than full-time. Because I see you a lot of times at nighttime right. at committees, like you said and mentioned, and, and boards, and just public events. When, one thing that I really admire about you is that you are attending these things. We see you everywhere. And it's nice. And I was talking to another representative the other day, and she said, you know, part of my job is to be in the public so that people can approach you. Right. So that you are approachable and people can say, hey, Randy, I'm a new city council person or I'm a new mayor. You know, I have a question. And you're really good about taking those questions. Thank and, you. and it helps to be in the community so that you don't have to necessarily make a formal appointment. Right. It is. It's nice to be in the community to see what's, the, what's going on. As, as the mayor's mentioned, you know, she's noticed that my family's 
my younger ones have been attending with me. So they came with me this week to Fruit Heights and they came to me with me to, you weren't there, but Waste Management, they came with me and oh, very well I was behaved. Oh, the Alabama concert with my husband. Very well behaved, <laughs> my little girls. and They came to the Waste, waste Management meeting? Waste Management meeting? meeting with me, yep. Oh, good for them. Yep, after, I picked them up after school and like, we don't want to go home, Dad. I'm like, well, I've got meetings with attorneys on this issue and I've got Waste Management on this issue. And they're like, can we just stay with you? And so I just brought them with me and That's they, they were, as Commissioner Stevenson said, the most well-trained girls I've ever seen. They just sat next to me, just mild-mannered and sat during the whole meeting and just kind of observed everybody and Oh, that's I'm so a little four-year-old and ten-year-old. So, oh, that's really sweet. Yep. Your wife is beautiful. Your girls are Thank beautiful, you. and you have a young family, which brings me to my next question. Yes. Aside from all of the wonderful things you you're doing, you have a life, and you're a young guy. So, why did you even decide to get involved as an elected person? Um. So, I mean, years. My you dad had a job. You yeah. have a company, right? Yes, I did. And so I was flipping properties in southern Utah, and and uh, we had ranches up in Grace, Idaho, as well. And I, I did work for Senator Mike Crapo from Idaho as an intern when I was in college and always had that uncle was on the city council in Farmington. My other uncle's uncle's a county surveyor, been county surveyor now for 50 plus years. My dad used to be the director of state parks and recreation for the state of Utah. So there's, it's in the blood. Okay. It's in the blood. And that. so you're like, you know, you, you see your parents and aunts and uncles and everything. I mean, different family members doing service and, and you hear about it all the time. You hear about it all the time and you're like, oh, that, I think it can make a difference. And um, when it came time to run for this position, um, I had several people approach me like, hey, we'd like to see some youth in the, in the commission and, and some new ideas and everything else like that. And we think you'd be a great candidate. And so that's the reason why I ran. And, and it's been that way as, you know, kind of the younger commissioner on the, on the board and young family. And, but I'm also very approachable and people can come up and talk and talk about the issues and, and we figure out a solution to those issues and we move forward. And so that's what's one thing about being a local government is, yeah, it still takes the time to get things moving forward, but we can at least get accomplished within a year or two, whereas the federal government takes forever. That's true. And I've really, you know, as I've complained about how slow the process is, I've realized that it's so intentional. It needs to be slow so that the public can be engaged. We can make sure that everyone knows what's going on about the decisions that are being made. And so there's transparency. And so as frustrating as it can be, it's good Yes, that the process is very thoughtful and deliberate. Yep, And you are sacrificing so much. I mean, I was talking about, um, I was talking to somebody else and just talking about the hours that are required. I mean, you mentioned you bring your, your girls to meetings. Those aren't fun meetings, but it's neat that they're interested right. it is and that neat. they want to be around you. Yep. Was this your first, when you were first elected as county commissioner, was that your first election? Yes, it was. Yep. for you. Was that an intimidating experience for you Very at all, intimidating, but yeah, not really. It was, it was very intimidating because we had, we had just recently you know, I moved back from St. George about two years prior to running for office. And so it wasn't well known in the community as much as anymore. My family was still well known. Um, but we, I made the effort to be like, okay, I'm going to go hit every city council meeting. I'm going to get to know all the city councilors, get to know all the mayors, get to know, go to the different meetings that the commission was. I started attending budget meetings for two years before I even became a commissioner, you know, running before I even ran, started attending the budget meetings, started attending commission meetings. Got to know all the legislators and just started in the legwork and getting to know everybody that's the players in this. And it was a tight race. I ran against the previous mayor of Kaysville, Steve Hyatt, and, and we now are friends. But, uh, you know, it was still a little bit bitter between me and him because, you know, I was a new guy and, and Steve was supposed to be the guy that was, would have been the shoe in for mayor. And so we, we are good friends now, but at the time it was kind of, it was kind of hard for Steve to lose, but. But I made those connections with the city city councils, and he had a few mayors, and I had a few legislators that came out and endorsed me, and 
And you always remember who endorses you and who doesn't endorse you and <laughs> all that stuff running for office. But that's a hard thing. It isn't is it? a hard thing. And so, but in the end, I prevailed. And, you know, those relationships that I built by working hard and getting out there were very, you know, very beneficial to me. Well, you did all the legwork. And I think that's what people need to realize. People don't just decide the night of and I'm going to run for something right. and then and then when it really takes a lot of preparation there's a lot of preparation you really need to know what the job is mm-hmm. and that's one thing I did do I knew what the commission did I knew what different things that the committees they were on and then also what things that were in the future of the commission that would be making decisions on and so I really knew what was going on and anybody that runs for office I recommend that just put your do some groundwork beforehand just before you put your name in spend six months beforehand go take a commissioner out go take a mayor out go take a city council member out get to know what they deal with from day to day. Because mm-hmm. sometimes you think, oh, I'm just going to go in and change things. Well, it doesn't quite work that way. You can go in, yes, you can make small increment or change, but there's a lot of relationship buildings you got to do there. Because if you come in, hit how long, I'm going to do this, and you don't have your council on board or your city manager on board, you're not going to get anywhere. And it'll be frustrating to you. And you'll be like, well, why did I even do this? And so I recommend that you go in and see really eyes wide open to what the job really entails. Well, and you made a good point. I mean, we can't do anything by ourselves. That's how the government's set up, and that's great. But if you don't have those relationships, no. it's frustrating to other people as well because they're looking at you thinking, wait a second, you didn't talk to me about it. You didn't get any buy-in. There's no collaboration. I mean, people expect that. And yeah, it's they do. based on relationship building. We have 15 cities in our county, yep. right? So you went to the city council meetings. That's impressive because... They're long. They are long. <laughs> <laughs> they're long. I mean, I like to listen to different city council meetings just because I'm a complete nerd. And I think they're interesting, but most people don't. Yeah. And so I think that the commitment that you show prior to running is, is really important. It is. And, and then the job that you do once you get in. What has surprised you about the job? I think it still was surprised you the amount of time that it actually does take. You know, you, you hear about the time that it takes. You're like, oh, it won't be that bad. And then you get in and you're like, man, that is really time consuming. It's nights, it's weekends sometimes. Um, it's phone calls after hours, you know, and talking to people. And, and that's was kind of the, the, the shocker of it too. And, and sometimes the, the travel, um, the commitments that we take as a commissioner, we, I do serve on other national boards as well. And, and so it does take me out of, out of town a little bit to serve on those boards. But you realize that a lot of the policies that affect counties and state is a, on those national boards. And I serve on the National Association of Counties one of the two representatives for Utah, but a lot of the policies that trickle down to our local levels from the federal government is from those boards. And so we're able to push our agenda in D.C. by being able to serve on those boards and, you know, keep at bay some of the things that might not be great for counties that some other counties that are a little far less conservative than our county are trying to push out there. That's interesting. I'm glad you brought that up because I've been asked to do some some things like for the NLC. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't sure if that was a good use of my time or, or not. It's so beneficial. I, it, it is it really beneficial. Is. Okay. That's and then good the know. interaction with other county commissioners and other mayors, in your case, you know, it is beneficial to say, okay, this person has a population size of my size. What things are they doing in justice and courts and other things like that? And so you have that collaboration of, okay, well, I want to revamp Main Street. What did you guys do to revamp your Main Street? Okay. And then you can collaborate those ideas and take them home. And that, that bond and relationship with other people from around the country is, I think, it's very beneficial. Okay, that's good to know because there are so many opportunities. There is. That, that was what surprised me uh, becoming mayor. I thought, well, I'll go to City Hall every morning and check in and do my council meetings. And I didn't realize how many other opportunities would come yep. as a result of this position. And I'm grateful for them. And I've said yes to as many as I can because I want to 
I realize it's just a small window of time that I have right. opportunities to serve, so I might as well learn as much as possible and support the city. So I've done those things, but there are lots of asks. There are a lot of asks. And, and learning to prioritize. And your spouse will probably be one of those, like, well, which one are you going to drop off? You're going to take this one. Well, right. And so that was with the Alabama concert. Yeah. <laughs> he said, Tammy, we can't ever go anywhere or do anything. And he loves Alabama, so I did miss that meeting to go. Not that I'm feeling guilty, no, even though I mentioned be. it three There's times. There's plenty of people there. <laughs> plenty of representation. You were fine. Good. But they're just great opportunities to serve. I was going to ask you as well. So as a county commissioner, how how can my city, I mean, we have great relationships, obviously. We can all talk to you. But how should we formally engage the commission? Should we invite you guys, you know, out to our city hall yeah, once so- a year and kind of present you our our little master plan for the city house. There's usually ongoing discussions, you know, between, I mean, we talk to you all the time. Yeah. So we, we have those relationships at our meetings, but also our staff, you know, coordinates with your staff a lot too, behind the scenes on planning and things of what's coming up. And we have those relationships too. And always, you know, if there's a meeting that we need to talk about an issue from the roads that we have or some of the trails, you know, we can, those open channels are always there to come in. We do like to go around. We try to make it around every city once or twice a year to see, you know, we're here. Let's hear what's going on. Here's what's going on in the county. Let's hear what's going on in your city. But also, you know, I think that coordination is already happening between our staff. And right. if there's things that need to be worked on, everybody knows where to call us. And and if there's issues that arise of, hey, this is something we want to look at, like you mentioned earlier, you know, we'll be we're more than willing to come out and kind of see what's going on and and work with the staff and and you and say, okay, let's look at this. Let's work. If it, maybe it won't work, you know. But yeah. we've had those collaborations. Always working, you know. Okay, so we don't necessarily have to. I just want to make sure we're not amiss and not. I mean, are we supposed to set up a meeting annually with you, or we, we all, and you, we always do. Willing, our staff usually to does. Do. Okay. Yeah, our yeah. staff usually sets up our, our calendars every year to come around at least once or twice. Okay. To different city councils, and then we always have those meetings with you know one on one. We see you. We see you. Or go out to lunch sometime, and yeah. and all that and informal type stuff too. So. Okay, that's good to know. I was talking to some of our state representatives, and they said, "Well, you know, the city's." You know, you can invite us out, and 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 so I thought, oh shoot, maybe we need to do that more often. So I just want to make sure yeah, that we're doing everything. Too, if you want to, that yeah, yeah, a free lunch is always good. Yep. Even though you guys are so busy, yeah, we're usually two weeks out when it comes to lunch. <laughs> two, <laughs> two weeks out, okay. <laughs> well, what drives my wife nuts? I'm like, are we gonna have lunch today? No, but I'll put it on the calendar for a couple of weeks out, honey. I know that's what's bad. <laughs> yes. My husband will call also and say, "Can we go to lunch?" Oh, sorry, sorry got lunch. another meeting. It's it's kind of hard, but it's also great, and I appreciate the opportunity to just serve this window of time. So you prior to well, what I loved about visiting you and um, Commissioner Stevenson and Commissioner Kamalu in your offices w- was that they're so differently decorated. Yes, they are. I loved it, the personality. So I walk into your office, and I felt like I was on a ranch, in a in a living room yep. on a ranch. You are a rancher, and that's different than being a farmer. So right? in Farmington, I grew up on the farm here in okay. Farmington. So in Farmington, we raised sweet corn, um, had a few cows, a little bit of hay. But as the population changed, in demographic not demographics, the growth came. Mm-hmm. So growth came, highways come in, schools and everything else like that. And so seventh grade year back in 1994, my dad bought a ranch up in Idaho. So the difference between a farm and a ranch is ranch is mainly cattle, and hay and, you know, beef cattle, basically. And so we bought a ranch. Dad bought a ranch up there. Later on, I, I participated and bought some of my own property as well around that ranch. And so we ranched up in Grace, Idaho, probably for 25 years and still had the farm down here in Farmington. Just We did the two lifestyles back and forth, cut hay down here, run up there, cut hay, 
I'd get dropped off up there in the summertime. And so it was a great, you know, junior high, high school oh, years yeah. in the summer kept, kept all by myself off this, you know, and couldn't do anything, but change sprinkler pipe, haul hay, you know, we had round bells up there and that was amazing to me because down here in Farmington, we had small bells and had to haul them by hand and then go up there and I'm like, I can just sit on my tractor and, you and know, just, load hay and I, I don't have to do anything and I can have air conditioning. This is awesome. Absolutely. So I got that, gave me a little bit spoiled, but, but I still in Farmington, we still, I still work with a, another neighbor and we still have some acreage. And so I've, I cut hay on Thursday tomorrow. I got to go rake some hay. Hopefully by Monday before the storms come in, we'll, we'll bell hay. And so just about little 10 acre pieces with little, you know, and what I was make I was uh, laughing the other day because smaller pieces, I have smaller pieces of equipment. And so it takes a little bit of time to go around and around and cut this hay and with a five foot cut. And I was thinking, man, back in the day I had a 14 foot cut and I would have got this done in 10 minutes. But oh, yeah. I was just, it was fun just to be on the tractor and go around and around. And that's kind of therapeutic yeah. for a farm boy. And yes, I do have plans later to probably go buy another ranch again, either Idaho or Montana area and, and kind of go do that lifestyle again. Work the, work the land. and Yep. As you've seen the growth, how do you feel about it? Knowing that agricultural um, farmland is something that's dear to your heart. It's a bittersweet. I enjoy having my, what the Wasatch Front Regional Council calls a five-minute commute because my wife works over at a tech company farming station. I work with the county right there. My kids go to Sand Academy. And so we're all within five minutes of Harmon's, good restaurants and everything else like that. But as you know, you've seen the transition of your neighbors now have, you know, multiple homes behind them and the cows used to be able to run where they needed to, you know, could run out to the lake. It is kind of a bittersweet and you do yearn for that open space again mm-hmm. where there's not as many, like you don't hear the sound of the track, the train, you don't hear the sound of the freeway, you know, and you do miss it. I do miss it. I, I miss it too. I grew up in West Provo and we okay. used to ride horses yep. all along the Provo River. And I love the smell of dirt yep. and, and hay and, and, and I do miss it. So that's why I like riding bike rides. I love the trails because sometimes you can go pretty far west and, and feel like you're still out in the middle of nowhere and it's nice. Yeah, I was up to Utah State, um, two, actually yesterday I was up at Utah State for a couple of meetings and I went out by the way stop to get gas at the Maverick and stepped outside and you can smell that smell of alfalfa and it's like, man, I miss that smell. We don't have that in Farmington anymore. Yeah, it is kind of sad. I mean, we've got great things in Farmington and growth happens. Yep. And it's continuing to happen because the secret's out. Yeah. Utah's great a great place. place to live. It and is. Now people are wanting to live here. And I have heard that it's not just people necessarily moving in. It's our kids. Right. Where I was talking to someone and they were telling me about, you know, the East Coast. A lot of people, a lot of families, the lifestyle's not the same and the mentality's not the same that you're going to grow up there and then live there. Where in Utah, it, it tends to be kind of what we expect. We want our kids to grow up here. We want them to live here. We want them to raise their families here. And, and generally, people don't really want to leave. Right. And, and it's a great thing. But the growth is coming. The growth is coming. And there is that outward migration because of the cost of living here. Mm-hmm. That's some things that we're, I know as you are, as mayor is working on, we as a county commission are working on saying affordability of housing for our next generation that wants to live here. Um, my sister-in-law just moved to South Carolina. Because it was cheaper. She could work the same job at Jared's, make the same amount of money, but get three times the size of the house yeah. by moving to South Carolina. So they packed up and moved there. And another sister-in-law and brother-in-law moved to Michigan because of the same thing. They sold their house in Utah. They could move to Michigan, cash out a house, and just cost of living is a lot better. And so there is some outward migration happening because of the growth that we're having here. What do you think as far as how we're doing here to manage it? I, that's, it's a... Uh, 
That's a, that's a great question because there's so many factors that are going in. Mm-hmm. It's a complicated it. one. I know. It is very complicated because water is our biggest concern right now is do, will we have enough water? And we've been managing our water really good, but are we in the front of a long drought? We have the tail end of a long drought. We don't know because this is cyclical around here. And so can we manage the water? The, the federal government needs to start talking about, they've talked about big projects. Me and you were at that chamber meeting where the governor came and talked about, you know, the federal government starting to talk about moving water around the country, where mm-hmm. water's plentiful to moving it to where it's not plentiful. And those discussions need to happen. They need to, and but we need to do those projects because the reality is we will have droughts again and then we'll have off years. And we've got such a population here now that we, our demand for water is going to be there. And so the federal government, hopefully with the partnerships with the states, will be able to recognize that, hey, let's start moving some water around where we need it. Whether the Mississippi, Missouri, on those high flood years, Move it over here to out west. We'll yeah, take all we can get. that'll be an incredible thing if yep. they can get that figured out. I mean, the I distance isn't imagine. too far. I mean, the Missouri River to the uh, Colorado is less than, I think, 1,000 miles. And so it's, it's, it can be doable. It's highly possible. It's highly possible. Yeah. It's just, it just takes money, right? It just takes money. It just takes money. Money and the ability for people to be willing to do it. Gosh. Well, I do appreciate everything that you do on the district or the county level. I was talking to somebody else, another mayor from another city. And she was just telling me, you know, down where she lives, Southern Utah, um, they don't have the same kind of relationships. I mean, it's a great place. Wasn't knocking it or not. But what I'm really grateful for is the relationships and the friendships that we have within Davis County. It seems like everyone gets along so well. People ask me all the time, well, how do you like being the mayor? And I said, I love it. I love it because I've met so many incredible people. We have nine new mayors in Davis County which has been fun because we've had the opportunity to sort of learn together and support each other. But we've got the commissioners that you guys are so supportive. But we have our other local leaders. We've got city councils, um, city managers. And I feel like I'm now just part of this great network of people that are really willing to support and uplift each other. And I know that doesn't happen everywhere. Yeah, I think you have a good group of people that they don't have the big egos of being in government. You know, they just want to do what's good for the community and what's good for the people. And like you and me, we recognize that we're only here for a short time. And so let's do the best that we can while we're in office and, and treat everybody kindly and all the other mayors around us that, hey, we're here to help get things moved along, yeah. not put, you know, how do we say this? I don't have an agenda. Mm-hmm. And so I just want to help people. Well, and you're the longest serving. Correct. Which uh, is county amazing. commissioner Already. right now. Right. Six years. <laughs> right. And so really, I, I think that leadership and that, uh, that, that prevalent feeling of wanting to work together starts at the top. And, and for... For a county commissioner, you are the top for Davis County. And so I wanted to thank you for that. Well, thank you, Mayor. I'm sure it's people before you, but as well as you and your administration and, and people that you work with. The current commissioners are great. They are. And we have a great relationship. I love the continuity that our city managers maintain for us, where we have weak forms of government here in, in Davis County. I think that's really helpful as well. And those relationships and just the, the support that we have of our communities. Yeah, that's been really good. It makes a huge difference. Citizen support is really good to be able to say, okay, we have elected you, we trust you, now go forward and make good decisions. Right, exactly. Yeah. And that's our job. Yep. Thank you, Randy. Thank you, Mayor. Appreciate, Appreciate your time. It.